What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Sheehan Show here on Sherdog.com. And today I am looking ahead to the big Bellator slash Risen card, which is going down on uh, on New Year's Eve. Here to do a bit of promotion for the <laughs> for the card. I'm sure Josh Thompson will be absolutely delighted. But um, yeah, look, it's it's interesting and it's fun. And I talk on this show so often about promotions doing things differently. Whether it is you know one championship with obviously the different uh, sorts of fights, whether it be uh, jiu-jitsu, MMA, or kickbox or Muay Thai, um, you know Cage Warriors obviously doing their thing with the the up and comers and giving them their chance to get their PFL obviously with the season with the playoffs or Bellator themselves you know with uh, the you know going to Ireland and going to Hawaii and fun places, but also doing the tournaments and doing different things as well. I love it when thing uh, promotions do things differently. Because the UFC never do things differently, <laughs> you know. It's always the same. It's always the same. The only like sometimes the crowd takes it over. There's a great crowd and it makes it a little bit different, or there's a great fight. But you know, there's often great fights. But it's always cookie cutter, milk toast, very similar MMA. And I feel like MMA has been um, <laughs> a sport. That has been wild throughout the years. Now it's becoming more of a, a a legitimate normal sport, I suppose, and that's a good thing. And we, you know, sometimes we we um, we deny that, and sometimes we don't want that to happen. Um, but it's also a great a great thing. Now I'm not complaining about that, but I am saying sometimes it's nice for a bit of a throwback. You know, it's nice to see something different it's nice to see wild fights fights that we would never have expected to see and all of that now in this i suppose we have that because of the matchmaking but there's no real wild fights here there's some good fun matchmaking and all of that and some good fun fights but obviously it's promotion versus promotion which is it's good it's over in the saitama super arena as well in in uh in uh in saitama japan uh, on, on New Year's Eve So everyone knows I suppose the history of that And uh, how long that's been going on New Year's Eve I personally myself And maybe it's an Irish thing But like I New Year's Eve is like A family thing to me Like you You stick around with the family Or maybe some people go out You do the New Year's Eve thing You kind of go to bed And you start the New Year night Like Sitting at home watching MMA Is like I don't know it's a it's a wild thing, or even like going to an MMA event. It's 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 I don't know. Maybe it's an Irish thing. Maybe it's a me thing. But I know I've never been. I've never been a massive fan of the whole New Year's Eve MMA tradition. But I'm that's that's me, and I know a lot of people are. And it is a tradition that has been going on for years as well. So um, look, it's it's good to see it back, and it's good to see the uh, the, the the amalgamation of the two leagues going together to get a very interesting card. Now. We'll get into the card in a second. One thing I wanted to say first, though, is, you know, obviously a lot of people uh, reply to that whole Josh Thompson thing. I know if people haven't seen it, he put up a tweet about, this is a great card, I hope people are going to promote this. And obviously he said he used the wrong word in promote, but I, I get what he means. But um, he was like two, you know, putting their best, fo- two organizations, putting their best fighters up and all of that. And he, you know, he is right in one way. In another way, though, the biggest look, the biggest issue with this, and it's no longer an issue for me because I'm about to preview this card. But most people in MMA wouldn't really know the rising people. Now, when I say that, most people in probably UK, Irish, 
US Canadian MMA. Now I'm sure there's a big, um, uh, you know, a, a lot of people who who from all those areas who would know all of these people, especially in the Jiu-Jitsu scene. A few of these guys are about to talk about, and I'm sure there's a big cohort over in Japan and, and elsewhere who know all about these fighters. But to to kind of hide that and say no, that's not true about uh, you know the 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 UK Ireland slash American North American fan base and even media base, it's it's just crazy. Like the the difference, and even you know one championship or other places as well. Like someone like a Christian Lee this year had a great year. And I think like he's a guy who people probably won't even bring up for like comeback of the year, uh, fighter of the year, and all of that because they just simply I like haven't seen it. So it's not just Bellator or Horizon or anything like that. Like the only way to do something like what what Josh was kind of talking about there is to have like a PFL versus a Bellator or a UFC versus PFL or UFC versus Bellator. There, like there really isn't another way we can get like massively hyped, if you get me, because just simply the fan base isn't as in tune with all of these fighters. And, like, it'll be the same, say, for Cage Warriors on my side of the world. And obviously it's a little bit different because they're up-and-comers. But if, let's say, they did a Cage Warriors versus one championship or something like that, you know, people... I I would enjoy it. I think it'll be great. I'll enjoy this as well. But there wouldn't be that massive hype for it that maybe some would want just because, simply, there isn't a lot of crossover knowledge there. It's hard you know, it's hard to keep up with the UFC by itself. It's hard to keep up with Bellator by itself, RPFL or One Championship by itself. It's really hard. It's really, really hard to keep up with that if you're a media member, if you're a fan, or, or, or whoever you are. So it's we're in a weird situation where, like, let's say years ago, when there was, you know, whatever, 10 UFC events a year and a few Pride events a year or a few Bellator events a year or whatever, and we, you know, everyone would know everyone. You, it would be easy to watch every Bellator event, every UFC event, every Strike Force event, every Pride event, and um, because they weren't on that. Now, easy in terms of like the maybe it wasn't as digitally easy if you want to put it that way. But if you had access to all the tapes, you could do it. Now uh, that's hardly even possible. You know, I try my best to do it. It's very, 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 very hard. You know, sometimes you end up. Oh, there's a KSW card on this weekend. I. Uh, I can't watch it. I'll catch the Cage Warriors card instead, or I'll catch the one championship card as well. Like I, I, I can't catch up with the, you know, the the kind of the local scene in America. It's just too much. It's just it's just too much. I can't do it, and that leads to this maybe not being as hyped as it possibly should be or could be. So. I just wanted to start it off with that and have a quick talk about that because that's some you know that's a thing that's been kind of out there for a while, but once you do uh, put in the work, I suppose, to look at these guys and to analyze their games, you do get a bit more excited about it. Now it's very hard to get excited about someone you you know you I watch two or three of each of their fights, or maybe a little bit more, maybe parts of the of different fights, analyze them. I but I don't. I don't, I don't, and a lot of people here don't know these guys as well as they'd know a Justin Gaethje, or as well as they'd say when Justin Gaethje came over from uh, from World Series of Fighting or PFL as it was then, or let's say someone like even like a Brendan Lachnan came over now, or a Kayla Harrison came over to fight in the UFC or to fight in Bellator, or let's say MVP came over to fight, you know, Wonderboy in the UFC, or he went over and he, he, you know, he fought Ray Cooper in PFL or something like that. We know all of those people, and it's very easy to get you know up for them. 
little bit harder for for these, but here we go. We will uh, <laughs> we'll get into it, and uh, we will uh, we will try anyway. <clears throat> so. This card, there's a lot of fights in this card, and I'm going to concentrate on the top five Bellator versus Risen cards, because this uh, fights, because this is what uh, it is. There's some interesting uh, people on on the um, uh, on the undercard. Junior Taffa is fighting on it. We've seen him around. Johnny Case, who I watched a lot of in preparation for this, because he's fought a lot of these lads over in um, uh, over in over in Risen. He's fighting Luis Gustavo. Um, John Dodson is on the undercard as well, if I'm not mistaken. I thought I saw that a minute ago. I see after disappearing to me. Uh, Roger, oh, he is on the undercard. Yeah, he's fighting uh, uh, Hideo Takoro. Uh, Rogelio Bontarin is on the card, who's been obviously a very, very good fighter in the UFC uh, for a good while. And a lot of people were shocked when he wasn't there anymore. So some very, very good fighters on the undercard. And um, I th- I think the, the five-fight card has... A kind of an eclectic mix of different styles on it, um, and very interesting matchups because I, I think look from my watching of these lads and the the Risen guys, I think Risen have like quite obviously gone for like a strong jujitsu promotion. If you want to put it that way, there's some great jujitsu guys. There's some guys who are going to deliver big submissions and are going to deliver big finishes, but might you know get finished themselves as well at times. And uh, it's made watching some of their fights very exciting because at its core, jujitsu, especially if the level is down a little bit, can be very fun and very effective to watch someone who's high level try to institute it i suppose uh, into an mma fight and uh we will uh, we will get to that um let's start off uh, i want to talk about uh gadzi rabanov representing bellator against uh, Ko- uh koyoji takeda representing risen obviously in a lightweight bout um takeda is a sopa non-stop movement on the outside so he's one of these guys that you know is light on his feet Moves all the time, changing stances, doing every now. He predominantly is a southpaw, but he lo- my best shot or his best shot. My favorite shot of his watching him is when he whips in a right hook after a left. So he throws the straight left, no, with no, uh, sometimes a jab before, but he throws the straight left down the middle and he whips in the right hook and. It's very hard to find because that outside movement is a very kind of janky outside movement, right? It's one of these that's very hard to time. Uh, I compare it a little bit to Robert Whitaker. You know, he's a little bit like that. And Robert Whitaker, when he was fighting Yoel Romero, maybe, because that was kind of the way he fought on purpose. Very hard to time him. No set rhythm. Very, very fast. Very accurate for lightweight as well. So... I'm a big fan of Takeda. I think he's a very, very good fighter. And uh, he's a tough guy to deal with. Very, very tough. Uh, watching some of uh, uh, Gadzi, I'll go with Gadzi. Um, I went back and watched his fight with Steven Siler. went back and watched his most recent fight against, I think it was Daniel Carey and Bellator as well. And, and a couple more uh, highlights of him. He hasn't really changed that much over the last, uh, what is it, three years now. That Siler fight was in PFL in 2019. And it's obviously 2022 now. And he fights a very, very similar fashion. So if you're game planning for Gadzi, the you know, uh, <laughs> we know what he's going to do. He does the same thing in every fight. That left hook that he throws is absolute money. Now, he does 
I think there's two things that he does very, very well, right? And they are predictable, but sometimes hard to stop. First of all, he throws with reckless abandon, power-wise, with his hands. Now, he's not the kind of guy who will throw like seven, eight shots in a row. It's actually usually one shot. It's either the left hook or the big right hand. Really, really powerful. And what he does after that then, he's a great double leg. Really great double leg takedown in the middle of the cage. You know, we obviously we see a lot. Of, he's you know Habib and and uh, Javier Mendez in his corner. The you know the two AKA lads that we see with a lot of obviously the Dagestani fighters, and he fights in that manner with those great takedowns. The one thing I would say uh, Rabandanov has over some of the other Dagestani fighters and a lot of other MMA fighters. He is like a visibly great athlete. Now, not to say those other lads are, but I think a lot of it, even Habib, I would say, a lot of his dad is built on strength and practice for years, and his ability to go five rounds because he's been doing this for his whole life, and he's a great gas tank. I don't think Gadzi maybe has as great a gas tank as someone like Habib or other guys, but I think he's a better athlete than a lot of those. Just look at the shape of him, his ability to move, the way he can... Uh, go you pass guard and do different things. He does it with such an ease. I don't think he's as good technically as some of the other uh, you know Dagestani's coming through. Whereas uh, you know Habib or Islam or others, but I think if <laughs> it's it's a weird one, but like if he had their skill set with his body type, this guy would be phenomenal altogether. Now he is a very very good fighter, but he seems like. It's his game is very basic, right? It's very basic, and it's power double and power strikes. One other thing he has as well, and he's maybe added to it a little bit, is that that low calf kick. He's a really, really good low calf kick, um, and he hits it into people very, very hard. I think in this fight he'll be trying to throw it. I really do, because the outside movement of Takeda, he'll want to stop that. He really will. The, the second, you know, he's fighting out of, he fights out of Southpaw, but I think the second he switches stances and goes to Orthodox, I think the outside leg is going to be kicked. What that will do will stop him switching stances, will stop him being as janky on the outside, and will leave him in a Southpaw stance that Gadzi will have been preparing for in terms of, you know, your, your fundamental striking or fundamental wrestling. Now, he could also attack that front leg, like kick the leg. The second he moves in, then attack it with a takedown, maybe whether it's a single leg or whatever. You'll push him against the cage, take him down. And I think that is probably the way this fight will be won, and that's probably why I'm, why I'm going for uh, for Gadzi to win the fight here. I think um, I think he's a better wrestler. I don't necessarily think he's a, a better striker, although I think he probably has more power than Takeda. Uh but it's a fight I'm really, really looking forward to. It's, it's kind of a clash of styles. It's a guy who uh, throws, maybe not necessarily throws everything, but moves in every direction at all times against a guy who is very selective with his movements and shots. But when he does use them, they're very, very effective. So, yeah, I'm going for Gadzi to win that one, but I, I think it should be a, it should be a good fight. Um, the next fight we're going to look at is uh, Koji Haraguchi. Uh, representing Bellator, which is kind of funny, uh, against uh, Hiromasa Akubo. Uh, I'm going to go with Hiro for his name from now on. Uh, they fought twice before I went back and watched. I watched one of them. I couldn't find the other one. I, I found it. I, I found like a bit of the other one. 
it's very hard. A lot of it is in, you know, the the writing that I we can't read and stuff like so it's very hard to find. I did watch like uh, a big portion of, of their fight or a full one of their, their fights there the other day. Um Haraguchi won both of the fights. It just felt like watching those fights back. The longer the fight went, the more Haraguchi kind of won the transitions and won the fight. So um Look, Hero is one of these guys who does this dipping down really low sort of striking. You know, it's always like a dip, dip, dip. And it is just like to, um, to set, it's to do two things, right? It's to set up a big right or left hand, whichever, that he doesn't actually throw that much. He doesn't strike that much at all, but it's mostly to set up the takedown. Now, he uses the, the setup of a takedown a lot, to kind of lull people in, not so much Haraguchi, but others, into landing a big shot. But it's mostly the takedown. Um, and he's, I, I have my notes here, 22 decisions in 31 fights. He goes to a lot of decisions. He wants to fight on the floor. The one thing I would say about him, right, he throws very, very good leg kicks. And that's, he's probably the best part of his striking. But he seems to weigh too much. And when you're fighting a guy like Haraguchi... You can't be waiting around because he will, he will dance all over you, he will walk all over you, he'll punch all over you, and he will just, you know, have rounds won before you, you even know what's happening. So I think in this fight, uh, Hinamasa is going to have to up the output a little bit, going to have to attack with takedowns more. And the biggest part of this fight for me, if you're to look at the first uh, one and a half or whatever I've seen him two fights, is the transitions. He has to win more transitions. Because um, Kyoji was getting taken down at times, was surviving, not really eating too much, and in winning a transition, and uh, landing on top and landing some big shots, or getting back up and landing big shots, and knees to the head and everything, uh, just really good. Like uh, People know, obviously, Haraguchi, I don't need to go into him too much. Dynamic striker, very loose in the feed, very good takedown defense, very strong, obviously, for his size, uh, and he can get a takedown as well. I think in, in a part of one of their fights, he did get a takedown on one stage and he dominated on top. So, look, Kyoji's won twice before. I, I would expect him to win again. Um, and I think, I think again, I'll, transitions. For watching this fight, I think it's likely to go to the ground. And I think transitions, who wins the transitions, is the winner of the fight. I really do. So I'm going for Haraguchi in that one. Uh, Juan Arkeleddin is fighting from obviously Bellator is fighting uh, Social Kim from uh, from Rizim. Um Kim is a switch stance fighter. That would be the easiest way to describe him. Extremely aggressive. I, I describe him as a juggernaut when I when I'm watching these fights. Um, he just walks forward into takedowns. Uh, when, when I say walk forward into takedowns, some sometimes he's on, sometimes other people's. Um, he loves picking people up, slamming them down. Very active on top. Very good ground upon. He does end up clinching a lot after missing takedowns and being too active on top, right? So there's sometimes... Sometimes fighters are not active enough on top. You know, we see it all the time. We, we saw it there recently with, uh, with Sabatello and he's fighting Bellator. And they are able to keep the control. And other people... Because they're too active on top, they can't keep the control. Uh, I would say that Kim is one of those fighters. Like on the feet, uh, I think what he offers more than anything else, a little bit like Habib, is just that aggression. You know, I, I don't think he's the most 
dedicated technical fighter in the world. You know, he can fight, he can he can punch, he can do it all. But you know, if you put him in there a stand up matchup with anyone good, I I don't think uh, like a, a technical stand up match if you want to put it that way. I I don't think it'll go that well for him to be honest. But that aggression often goes well for him. It often leads him to putting guys under pressure. It often leads to him getting takedowns. And he's going to need to do that here against uh, against Archuleta. Um, a guy who has been taken down in the past, Wago Mack, watching a few of his fights again, he does get clinched because of his um, ag- aggression. His aggression is a little bit different to Kim's aggression. Kim's aggression is kind of a go-forward aggression. Archuleta's aggression is like a powerful, knock-you-out sort of aggression. Um, he's a wild fighter. Archuleta was switches stances again, so there'll be a lot of stance switching in this one. I think always looking for the power, throws at big power. The one thing with him as well, we talked about rhythm earlier in fighters. He loves to attack mid rhythm. I, I mentioned Robert Whitaker earlier, and that's the one I mentioned here again. He beat Yoel Romero because he never allowed Yoel Romero to get into a rhythm so if you thought you know we're kind of okay we're waiting 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 and this is where you Elmero strikes he, uh, like we're waiting oh strike you know he doesn't give you a t- uh, time to get the third waiting out and strike that's what Archuleta does as well in the, it's kind of in the, in the mid mid rhythm you know he attacks mid rhythm and it makes it very difficult on people now I think it's going to have to be a little bit different here I think what he's going to have to do uh, with Kim is Meet fire with fire in a lot of ways. And I think he is going to have to play a little bit more of kind of a jabbing, uh, push you back start the game. Because if he keeps fighting, say, off the back foot, or if he la- allows him to push forward, Kim will get clinches. He will get takedowns. He really, really will. So I think it's an interesting fighter for Archuleta. Um, this one is the, so far is the most 50 50 one to me. Uh, can Archuleta stop the takedown? Can he... Like, I think the thing is as well for Kim, even if he does get the takedown, I think he needs to be a bit more controlling. I think it's a big problem with his game that, he, as I said, too active on top. Now, I might win him rounds, especially if it's close round and he gets a takedown late and lands 10 or 12 shots. That's how you win a round with a late takedown, by putting 10 or 12 shots after it. So... I, I'll go for Kim in that one. I'll go for, I, I might be badly wrong, but I just think maybe the, the takedowns, maybe that uh, ability will, will win it for him. Then we have two big fights. Uh, obviously, the, the is the Bellator Federal title on the line here? Let me just let me just have a look over and uh, unsure. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure, actually. Is it? Someone else. Someone tell me in the in the comment section below. But anyway, the, the Bellator Federal champion, um, Patricio Pitbull, is taking on uh, Clever Koike and Clever is uh, a fighter, I suppose, a lot of people in, in the jiu-jitsu scene and others know, as is Roberto Satoshi Suiza in the main event. Um, so Kleber's game, if you haven't seen him before, a lot of front kicks, fights very long, very good wrestling, very good on top, loves to attack from the half guard, looks for the head and arm choke, unbelievable in scrambles, loves to take the back, pulls guard, uh, has really, really, really good jujitsu, and is absolutely atrocious on the feet. <laughs> just, just terrible, terrible on the feet. As I said, what he has is that those front kicks, and he fights long. He tries to stay away from me until he gets right in and tries to close the distance. But this man is 
so it's a it's a it's a real 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 clash of styles here because clever is wild attacking um with his wrestling and with his jiu-jitsu and with his you know he'll obviously fault his back and try to pull guard get you to come into him and all that whereas patricio pitbull and his brother patricky a little bit as well is just this beautifully calm fighter who we we're talking about rhythm, you know, it's a team of this one, but you know, he's he always, you know, you could you could do a silhouette of Patricio. He fights like this with his hands up and this and then he'll attack. Just very slow, very monotonous, very effective. Monotonous is the wrong word, but very effective. Um and I've honestly and look, we we know very good takedown defense, good on the ground, has takedowns of his own, as we've seen recently. Were massive power. Um there's only one winner of this fight. It has to be Patricio Pitbull Ferreira. He is just, a, to me, a far superior fighter. Like, I don't think... You know, I got that wrong last week with Patchy Mix or two weeks ago with Patchy Mix. Uh, saying that jiu-jitsu will not do it for you alone. Uh, but Patchy Mix proved he does not just have jiu-jitsu. Clever? Does he have more than jiu-jitsu? I don't think so. Okay, a bit of resting. But does he have... Enough wrestling to take Patricio Pitbull down that Patricio won't land a few shots on the feet. Kleber will fall down. Like, this is the sort of one where Patricio will land a punch. Kleber will probably sell it, fall down, try to get him to come into his guard. Patricio might actually do that, land a few shots, get back up, knock him down again. This is the sort of one where I think, like, he gets knocked down for, like, a fourth time and the referee jumps in and stops it when he's, like, on his back probably giving out about the stoppage and he's like, oh no, I'm really hurt. That's the start of the fight I see here. I see Clever like non-stop trying to get the fight to the ground. Non-stop. And Patricio just absolutely devastating him with strikes in between. Now, Patricio won't go mad. He will take his time because he knows he can win this fight with, with his striking him at any time throughout it. And I think that's what will happen. So, um... Honestly, I'm expecting a destruction in this one. A real destruction. So, should be fun. Should be fun. And in the main event, uh, AJ McKee, the former champion of the world up at Laiwe. Now he's taking on Roberto Satoshi uh, Suiza. Um, Satoshi's Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is just just unbelievable. Watch him, and everyone probably knows now of his, uh, you know, his, his IBJJF or whatever it is, his world championships and all that stuff. Um, he... Do you know what he does a lot, right? He loves to go for a takedown, misses it, forces you to sprawl to stop it. And then he, like, pulls his hips out and pulls, basically pulls guard on your sprawl. So it's almost as if he, like, and he does this, he does this a lot. And, oh, there's another great thing he does as well. (coughs) But the first of all, the sprawl. So, you know, the old school Chuck Liddell, Someone going to take him down. He sprawls, pushes down the head. And the way he kind of scoots out, we saw that. We saw with uh, Mikey Musumeci over in uh, <laughs> over in one championship. Mikey Jiu-Jitsu Lala just gone up knowing. Uh, we saw with him with his kind of hips and he's like, you know, butt scooting to get underneath a guy. That's exactly what Satoshi does a lot of the times when someone sprawls in him and he gets underneath him. And, you know, from there he tries to work his triangles and he works his arm bars and everything or try to t- take the back, especially. Um, he has unbelievable strength and dexterity when he takes you, uh, t- t- takes you to the ground and when he takes the back. There was one fight I was watching 
and he caught a guy like he kind of half he kind of side mounted him if you want to put it like that he didn't have the back he didn't have the mount and the guy kind of moved or kind of stood up or something and he just he just stayed on him like he just stayed in the same position it was on an unbelievable feat of strength and he can like catch you from anywhere if he gets the back he catch you there if he doesn't he'll he catch you with triangles and he has this on the feet he gets has this wild striking as well to try to get the fight to the ground hits very hard that's the difference between him i think and clever he actually has something on the feet that he can hit very very hard loves to dis loves to disengage right let's talk about this point so he will use all the things we've talked about whether it's a takedown of himself whether it's him pulling guard whether it's wild strikes to get the fight to the ground right and if he doesn't catch you in something immediately he'll disengage and try it again and i love that and we talk i talked there a minute ago and i talk all the time about jujitsu maybe not working at the highest level of mma anymore in terms of a plan a you go out and try to submit someone immediately that's you know there's less and less submissions all the time i think this gives him more of a chance of submitting someone because he has new entries to those submissions all the time and he has no loss of say position or low loss of dominant position um on the ground uh because he is making new positions all the time and he's well able to do it so it's a very interesting way of fighting and uh i actually love watching him fight because it's havoc you know absolute havoc striking isn't great but he does have the power he does have the power throws big head kicks as well now for aj mckee this is interesting because like aj recently has been winning a lot of his fights by submission he is happy to fight on the ground doesn't have the best takedown events he's been taken down a good few times now it's worked out for him as well but his striking should be a level above now so for AJ McKee we all talked about him as the best up-and-comer in the world one of the best fighters in the world one of the best featherweights in the world and then he's put on a couple of fights where he's looked human obviously lost the close fight to, to Patricio uh when he just didn't do enough didn't throw enough now you would hope from that fight he he would have learned a bit you know and he you know, he's a guy who's 20 fights in now, so he's not, uh, you know, we talk about himself and, and Paddy Pim, that I think they're on a different level now, mind, but we talk about him being prospects, 25 fights in, 27 years of age, he's not a baby anymore, came out in that Spark, Car- uh, Sp- Spark? Spike Carlisle fight last time, after the Patricia fight, and maybe it was a little bit too much, and I, I'm interested to see how he refines it for this fight, because... If he goes mad and plays into the madness of Satoshi, he could end up on the ground and submit it very, very quickly, you know? Uh, I think he needs to meld the kind of, what would you, the fundamentally good aspects of the Patricia performance with the, maybe not even the Spike Carlisle performance, but with a little bit more of that aggression. I think that's what he needs to be, the perfect fighter. And for this Satoshi one, I would actually probably even lean more towards the, the carefulness of the Patricio fight. So I think if he does that, I think he'll win. If it gets to the ground, I'd be very interested to see if his jiu-jitsu holds up there. I think his jiu-jitsu, his ground game is phenomenal. But you're talking about a world champion here he's fighting against in, in Satoshi. So um, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be an interesting fight. If I was to predict it, I think AJ is striking. I think his ability to control the fight on the feet will win the fight. And, uh, yeah, that's how I think it'll go in general. So, overall, it's a, it's a fun card, an interesting card. Uh, I think, do you know what? I think there'll be a lot of finishes on this card. That's the one thing I would say, and I think it'll be an entertaining one. So, I'm looking forward to it. 
Uh, I hope all you do too. And uh, happy new year to everyone. It's coming up towards the end of the year now, obviously. And New Year's Eve here, it's uh, it, it's a great time. And we'll be looking forward, uh, I suppose, to next year as well. All right, everyone. I will leave it there. My name is Sean Sheehan for SureDog.com. And I'll see you all next time.